All right, so why don't you introduce our next guest? It's Ken Breath. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. How are you? Doing great, thanks. Enjoying the 55 degree weather down here. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's probably right, a little I warmer. I will come for you. Yeah, we've just got this. Uh, we've actually have uh, almost still a foot of snow on the ground outside, and that is really odd. 55 this, is like uh, part summer of the to yeah. me right now. Yeah, well, it'll be there by the weekend. We'll be in the 60s, so uh, it should be good. If you say so. so, okay. It's coming back. So uh, so give us the Jim Lowe, we'll let you get started here. Go ahead. Yeah, hi, Ken. Thanks for joining us, Jim LaPlante. Um, I, I know we spoke to somebody a couple of weeks ago from Ortho Carolina. It was just a tremendous conversation that we had. But um, I wanted to ask about last week. It was so hot in Phoenix. And um, Ryan Newman is one of the toughest guys in the garage. And he got out of that car, and he was just totally spent. Um, what are some of the preparations that you folks might do with uh, drivers and team members to prepare for that and, kind and of heat? And the pit uh, crew. Yeah. Yeah, so we work with pit crew guys and uh, the drivers as well. And uh, most of them have pretty uh, standard regimens they are on now for hydration issues uh, for races such as Phoenix or like Indy when it's just – absolutely balmy and blistering hot and humidity is up a little different in Phoenix with the drier heat. Um, that's one of those deals where it just feels like you can't get enough fluids in you and you're not really sweating it out as much. And car temps are up at 140 as we saw in junior's car. And, um, so preparation for those kind of races and those kind of days really begin on Monday following the race before that they're starting to hydrate all week. Uh, many of the drivers use different brand, uh, drinks, um, sometimes based on sponsors, sometimes just based on preference on what they like to use for hydration going into the week, um, really hydrating, gaining more and more as the week goes on. Uh, so we're really preparing well in advance. And uh, one of the funniest comments I heard this weekend, uh, one of the drivers, and I'll let him remain nameless, is his whole philosophy on the hydration thing is a, a fat turkey cooks slower than a uh, than a skinny turkey, so his extra weight would hold a little more water than others. And I was like, well, that's kind of unique, but probably a little bit of truth to that. So the guys that are super fit are the ones who typically have a little bit harder time with the hydration issues. So. All right, so now the question is, they do have fluid, though, available while they're driving, don't they? Uh, yes, they do. They get uh, a drink handed in uh, during the pit stops. NASCAR allows that extra person for driver um management as far as giving them a drink or giving them an ice back that they'll, they'll usually get a baggie of ice cubes that they'll stick in behind their back or sometimes between their legs just to stay cool all right that is that is pretty interesting so there is a way to keep their bodies a bit cooler in the car but now when they're with the ice and all the other stuff that's in the car are they actually still feeling the heat though oh yeah they're feeling it um they have fans and and occasionally with hot races nascar will actually allow them to add an extra fan and that'll blow in maybe on their side uh, kind of in the flank area, just to provide a little bit more airflow. You know, as these cars become more and more aerodynamic, they're blocking up every little hole possible to prevent any turbulence in the car. Well, that also prevents some of that air to get to the driver. So the temperatures are probably getting a little bit hotter, and even the temperatures under the car are getting a little bit hotter than they're used to, um, all in the effort to create a little bit more downforce. Ken, um, what are some of the common injuries um, or therapies that you do for like tire changers and the gas can man and the jack man, et cetera, you know, the different, different types of injuries, the different assignments uh, those folks have. Sure. Um, you know, injuries, we, you know, as we've started to collect more data, you know, initially when you collect that on injuries, um, it's hard to predict any kind of trends, but as you get collect more and more years, you start to see trends emerge and um, we've, we've kind of really found that injuries are, are very position specific. Um, we're getting 
an abnormally large amount of hip injuries and uh, hand injuries in our changers who are getting into that butterfly position um, into their hips um, at a rate that's just a lot higher than the normal population. We're also seeing uh, shoulder injuries with our changers from doing that one-hand pull uh, as they're doing that. We get a lot of finger injuries from our carriers and our changers from grabbing with a couple fingers pulling in. Uh, changers get a lot of elbow injuries. Our, our carriers uh, get back and shoulder injuries a little bit more. Uh, all of them are a little bit susceptible to ankle injuries from running around trying to hop over hoses and slipping on gas. And you know, our gas uh, carriers or fuelers are getting back injuries from holding that 90-pound gas can on one side all the time. Uh, so similar to other sports, it's, it's very specific to position. Um, and so we try to be a little bit more preventative uh, on the front end. Again, in our off-season, we're trying to prevent those guys from getting injuries. Uh, by working the opposite direction than they normally pit. Uh, so we balance muscles out and maintain flexibility uh, and uh, just, just try to prevent more than uh, – but, of course, you know, injuries happen. You know, you slip on gas, you hurt your back. Right. We have to deal with that. So. Well, you know, you think about it with a regular mechanic sitting there in a uh, repair shop that he's got all the time in the world to get the cars done. I'm sure he wants to get them fixed and out and everything like that. But the hazards that are around, you got the fuel, you got uh, oil on the ground, you got uh, heavy uh, uh, pieces that you're lifting up. These guys go through all the same thing, except they are time. They have to make it go quick. So, uh, you know, the chance of them slipping or tripping over something or, or whatever, are that much more higher because, you know, they, that although the thought is there, they can't let that slow them down on what they have to do. Absolutely. And, and one of the other great risks is, you know, you have other drivers coming in that uh, are coming inches within these guys, and they have to just trust that those guys aren't going to hit them. Um, and we've had a couple injuries already this year where a driver just absolutely clips uh, a guy from another team or just uh, hits his ankle or, or the brakes fail and he slides in a little bit further and, and, and catches that front carrier right in the knee or flips him up over the hood. We see all the videos of those fun guys flipping over the hood and not so fun for those guys. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of safety advances now. and You know, now they're required to wear helmets. So, you know, in addition to the chance of injury, these guys are packed on uh, a helmet now that throws their center of gravity off. Uh, you know, these thick fire suits are slowing them down and heating them up. So we have to worry about the hydration issues with those guys. And the more dehydrated they get and fatigued they get, um, throughout the day from running tires or doing all their stuff that they're doing in between pit stops and just bearing the heat, uh, you know, that leads to fatigue and that's where injuries happen. Then you of course have your money stop at the end of the day. And that's when you're most fatigued and, uh, you know, mentally you're, you're a little bit exhausted because of the heat and you've been there all morning. So, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of opportunity for accidents and we're just lucky that there really aren't as many as, as there are. Yeah, um, here, here. So, yeah. Let me, you know, I just want to ask Ken one question. What's your background? How did you get into this? So I started um, as an athletic trainer. Um, I went to High Point University undergraduate, uh, then I went to the grad graduate program uh, at Medical College of Virginia in Richmond for physical therapy. So I grew up playing soccer and a lot of the ball sports that all the NASCAR guys now are starting to have played. Um, you know, as we're, the teams are recruiting more athletes, you know, we see some similarities in other other sports. But um, I just kind of always being nicked up a little bit. I, I have no pain tolerance, so I wanted to learn how to get myself out of pain as quick as possible. How'd you so, get into uh, that? But where'd you get your love of NASCAR? Um, honestly, I was, uh, when I was working for Ortho Carolina in the early days, uh, Bill Heisel, the physician assistant, you guys spoke with a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, that's a Bill um, Heisel. What a great guy. Yeah, super guy. And, and he and I were seeing a lot of these guys in the clinic um, from a therapy standpoint. They were kind of coming in and some drivers were coming in. 
uh, to the clinic, and we just kind of, he kind of had the idea, like, why aren't we going after this population? And, and he kind of talked to the higher-ups and said, hey, let's, let's try to go after this. And, and he asked me and, and Dr. Connor, who's uh, one of the team physicians for Joe Gibbs Racing and uh, a fame of the Panthers and the Charlotte Knights, um, he was kind of one of the first physicians to jump on board with his connection with Coach Gibbs. And he called me one day and said, hey, we, we're, we want you to be the guy. And, I'm, and I honestly, I, I knew nothing about cars. I still know very, very little about NASCAR. And that's the <laughs> well, funny you thing. Just need like, to, but you just need to know about the guys. Yeah, you know exactly. bodies, and that's, right? And that's exactly what they said. They said, look, we don't need another fan. We don't need you to be starstruck. We need you to do your job. We know you're good as a therapist. We need that part because these guys, we need to get them back fast. And uh, really changed the culture of NASCAR and injuries. You know, when we first began, these guys were so worried about their jobs, they didn't want anybody to know they were hurt. They were secretly coming to therapy when they were hurt. And if someone walked in the clinic that they knew, they would sneak out the back door, and that was just kind of the agreement. Like, okay, you're like, I know if you just suddenly disappear, you're heading back to work because someone might recognize you. Um, and so we've changed that mentality to, to get the guys to, to be more open about their injuries so we can help them quicker um, because if no one knows about the injuries, then they start performing poorly and they just think they've lost it, and so they're replaced. Uh, where if they know they're a little bit injured and they're seeking treatment and they're doing all the, all the things they can to get back, they're more willing to hold their positions for it. Yeah, look what um, happened with Junior. I mean, that brought a, a whole other light to, to NASCAR. You know, they don't think about concussions. They think about it in football, but they never think about it in, in NASCAR. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's no such thing as a, an easy hit. You know, I mean, we look at it and we take for granted these guys jump out of these cars. Right. 98 times out of 100, they jump out with really no injuries. But there's always that little injury that just kind of keeps kind of ticking away at their, you know, especially with concussions. I mean, they're, it's, a, it's a violent hit, you know. It just, we, we downplay it because there's so many safety features. And NASCAR has been awesome about making things as safe as possible and the equipment's better but we're still going super fast and we're hitting walls that aren't moving. I mean, safer walls are better, but essentially they're still a wall. Yeah, it still hurts, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you know, your organization, Arthur Carolina, has got a, a huge amount of credit for getting uh, Kyle Busch back in his car so quickly when he broke his leg at Daytona back in uh, February 2015. Um, and what, what kind of a patient is Kyle and what kind of treatment did uh, do you typically – do for you know that type of broken leg yeah so Kyle, kyle's a different animal um <laughs> you know and uh, he, he is super super competitive as, as are most of these guys and i think you know that's where they get their reputation and their attitude and, and people you know they get so frustrated and mad on the track and you know he's similar with the rehab process it was a, a what seemed like on paper is a really quick rehab it, it's slow for the patient it's it's day to day and hour to hour and it's frustrations and you see the same things come out at home, and he's frustrated because he can't do things um, that we're asking him to do. But, I mean, what a, what a tremendous patient he was, and he, he was actually patient through the process. So we were re- very honest up front and said, Here, here's kind of our general timeline. Here's the, here are the goals we want to meet at two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, and kind of laid it out there for him. So he kind of knew what to expect and knew the expectations we had for him. And so initially, you know, it just gets emotion, gets swelling and pain under control, Okay, now we're getting okay as our, our x-rays are better. We can start putting some weight on it. That's a whole different ball game. You know, someone who has been in a wheelchair and not putting weight on both legs for weeks and suddenly say, okay, we're get up and ready to walk. And, you know, the whole time he's like, God, when are we going to walk? When are we going to walk? And, and, you know, we get to that day and, and he goes to stand up and about passes out because of the just he hadn't had weight on his legs. And it's such a whole different experience. 
And, you know, we catch him and, you know, he gives a big hug and he's like, you know, I love you too. And I'm like, yeah, no thanks, bud. I love down. you, man. You know, I can't hold you up. You know, it's, little uh, bromance there. Yeah, a little bromance. And, uh, you know, his wife's just laughing and, you know, she's pregnant so she can't help. Oh, and, geez, uh, that's the, right. The dog's yipping at her feet and, you know. and it, That's it just, a sitcom. You know, well, yeah, it was, it, it was a reality show we should have been taping. Yeah, right. really. but, uh, we're at his house and, you know. Honestly, before, when we got the call that he got hurt, we knew, you know, when it was it was bad when he couldn't get out of the car. And, you know, that day he stayed in Daytona for the surgery and for the Daytona 500 was the next day. That next Monday, right after Daytona 500, I was already at his house looking for any hazards that might be in a way for him using his wheelchair. You know, um, doors that were, you know, we needed to take off doors off the hinges so they could get through, move. They actually moved how the long, sink out of one of the bathrooms to how, to allow him to get to the toilet. How know? long was he in a wheelchair? Uh, just for a few weeks, um, as he couldn't put weight on and, until he could start putting weight. I don't remember the specifics um, from a couple years ago, but it was right. a few weeks before we could actually start putting some some weight on it until we got him up on a walker and crutches. You know, Ken, it's interesting because people don't realize the type of athletes that are driving those cars and also the pit crew. I mean, the type, you know, you look at Jimmy Johnson who does, you know, is a triathlete and, and people just, you know, they make fun. Oh, they're turning left. I'm like, no, you have no idea. They're in something that doesn't even look like a car on the inside, you know, with, with this uniform that looks like they're going into a spaceship and a tube coming out and people talking to them and there's, they're going close to 200 miles an hour. And so is everybody one inch from them. They don't get the type of athletes you're dealing with. Yeah. These, these guys give the rest of us guys a, a bad time because uh, they, they're actually proving on TV that they can multitask, and now the expectation's there for the rest of us. But right. yeah, they, like you said, there's there's crew chiefs in their ears, there's spotters in their ears. They're right. trying to listen to that. They're trying to look over their into the rearview mirror. Uh, you know, things are happening. We take for granted on TV it looks really slowed down, but this stuff's going on super fast, and they're having to make split decisions on. Okay, do I trust a spotter? And you know, every once in a while, a spotter may get it wrong. And all right, we cause a wreck. And now you have to apologize, and you have to, you know, make good on Twitter again now, and and all those <laughs> things. But uh, yeah, the, the forces on their body are, are tremendous. You know, they're in 140 degree heat a lot of times. Um, so hand-eye coordination, just the pure strength of of driving. I mean, you're you're trying to and the to hold a very heavy car. Yeah, you're trying to concentrate, and you you may get five to seven concentration breaks when you have a, a caution um and even then you're not really con you're still concentrating on getting to your pit stall finding your sign out of the 40 that are hanging up dangling and flashing at you and cars are going each way and pit crew guys are running each way and i promise none of those drivers want to hit those pit crew guys I and mean, that's <laughs> um but you know that's even on their kind of slower times they're still having to concentrate just nascar's done some really good uh studies and showing some of the muscle forces on their body uh, and sustained contractions of their abdominals and their obliques and their shoulders to, to maintain their body position against the G-forces that are throwing them out to the side of the track. So, um, you know, I, I would challenge anyone to take one of these driving experiences out of track and, <laughs> and run a few laps. And then Good imagine, luck. Hey, it's, yeah, now it's increased the temperature to 140 degrees and extend the time out for a few hours. Yeah, four hours. Uh, Let's do come that. Back and right. not uh, I'm going to sit in the grandstand and eat popcorn and drink soda, Ken. Yeah. Thanks. I'll pass that, right? I like being on my side. Of it. I would like the paychecks, but, you know, uh, yeah. I and then we're talking you. concussions and long-term things now, and, uh, you know, that's 
starting to get some scary things that we're seeing on the back end that we just didn't know of before. So Yeah, it, it yeah. is pretty amazing now. Now, Ken, you're obviously busy on the weekends. What is your regular work week like? On Like on a Wednesday or a Tuesday, what are you doing in, in your career? Yeah, so I still work in the clinic, and I see general population patients as well. Um, it, it'd be awesome if you could sustain a full clinic of just NASCAR guys, and we have plenty of PICU guys and drivers, but um, you know, at the end of the day, our company needs to make money as well. Uh, to sustain our travel and doing all the fun things we do on the weekends. Um, but, yeah, I see regular patients. I run a almost a 35- to 40-hour work week from Monday to Friday. Um, I kind of stagger my schedule a little bit. On Monday, I keep it a little bit light for travel and especially these West Coast trips. So, um, obviously, I, you're single. No, I have a wife <laughs> and two, two awesome uh, little girls. Are, how often do you get to see them? How often do you get to see them? Oh, I see them every day. I make sure I get up early and I t- try <laughs> to take great. them to school as often as I can. And as soon as I get off from the clinic, uh, I shoot over to soccer practice and uh, good yell and for scream you. like every other dad there. Don't, and, you, uh, don't, you know. don't you love it when people come in under your normal practice and they complain about things and you're thinking in the back of your head, what about that guy who just got into a crash and yeah. you're sitting here complaining about a little toe problem? Yeah, you know, there's certainly a different motivation level um, with the NASCAR guys. They're they're super motivated to get back, like most pro athletes are. You know, they're they're falling their workman's comp if they're hurt at the track, or and uh, they're the different workman comp patients that actually work hard to get back, and they're not trying to work the system. And well, uh, good to hear that. You know, not not that everybody else is, but you know, we we it actually helps our clinic when some of those guys come in because they're super motivated and they're working hard, and it kind of picks up the whole effort of the whole clinic. I mean. No one wants to be the one that's being lazy in the clinic when you're seeing someone working really, really hard. So um, I actually enjoy having those guys come in sometimes uh, and work hard in there. Kind of elevates everybody. Now, have you and, have you brought your girls to the to the races at all? Yeah, that, that's funny. Um, we went to Daytona a couple of years ago um, as a guest of uh, Smoke, and he he got us down there. Uh, my wife and kids down there uh, to Daytona for the, the summer race. And of course it was hot and it's Daytona in the summer. So it rained. Um, so we stood around in the rain. They're like, this isn't very fun. And <laughs> so we came back the next day and it's blistering hot. And, you know, you know, we have all the pre-race stuff and the girls are kind of bored. And thankfully at that time, Marcus Ambrose was still driving. His daughter kind of took my daughter's like, Hey, there's a playground over here and there's snow, there's snowballs over here and there's candy and everything you want. It's right over here in the, in the driver's lot. My girls are like, sweet. This is awesome. <laughs> so you know they're like this is great we like it so the race starts and about 10 laps in they're like all right is this all they do is go around in circles i'm like oh my gosh girl, you guys have watched this for years like, tell the, so tell the girls to hold back because that's what's paying for everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly they're like hey can we just go back over there and play on the playground and oh, like, can we hang great. out in uncle smoke's uh motorhome? it's really nice it's nicer than our house I'm i like, love sure, it go ahead. Yeah. great stuff Pretty good stuff. All right, so if people would like to get a little more information about what you guys do, uh, where would they go? Uh, you can go to just orthocarolina.com, and uh, you can find out about all of our uh, physicians, our physical therapy, our occupational therapy, um, and all the things we do with other sports as well as NASCAR. And, uh, and uh, it's a really informative website, and I have just some, some good uh, and, and you information got, for any patient. And you got for, a great girl working there, Logan Stewart. Boy, she is phenomenal. Uh, she's, she's on point, and we've, we've had to bring her into the whole – 
uh, NASCAR thing. She was a rookie as well, and she finally got rid of her rookie stripe. And, uh, yeah, oh, she's yeah, definitely she's, not she's a rookie. <laughs> no, it's not at all. She, she's been great she's for us. She's the best, so. really. Amazing yeah. lady. All right, well, thanks for coming on yeah, the air with us this morning. Yeah, we're going to have to get you back and, uh, on towards yeah, the thanks, end of Ken. the season. Big race coming up this weekend. It's good to get a little more insight into the background of what goes on, the stuff you don't necessarily see yeah. you know, before and after the race, all those uh, activity, and during the race, too. So good stuff. Thanks for coming yeah, on the absolutely. air. Thank you well, thanks, so much. Thanks for having me. Anytime, Take care, anytime. Ken. Thank you.